0: Hello,
1: Hello, Berlin. How are you?
0: Hello. I'm very well. How are you?
1: I'm great. <coughs> um, <clears throat> Max it. is on his way.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of moseys in whenever it suits him.
1: It's. Uh, I'm sure he's running right now. Do, do you know
0: who Mr. Noodle is? I don't think so. Okay. Just checking. Should just checking. I? No, not necessarily. I'm just curious. Uh, It's a character on uh, Sesame Street in Elmo's World that uh, John Roderick had never heard of. Oh. And if uh, if you've got kids, you know about Elmo. And if you know about Elmo, you know about Mr. Noodle.
1: This man looks very frightening. I don't... Yeah. (laughs) Max is here. Hi, Max. Hello. This is a terrible man, Do
0: Ah, Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, don't (laughs) include this in the show because I don't want to duplicate topics. I I will put this in. (laughs) No, uh, no, it's, uh, it's a character... And Elmo looks at him through the screen and Mr. Noodle does this mime thing where he has lots of problems and Elmo tries to help him understand, like, how to put on a jacket the right way or, like, how to comb his hair or something. And it's, it's it's like I just said on Twitter, uh, there is no one who is aware of Mr. Noodle who does not have an extremely strong feeling about Mr. Noodle. (laughs) I am in the vast minority of people. You can leave this in. I don't care. That's fine. Um, Because, you know, it's all part of the show. I happen to be in the vast minority of people who really like Mr. Noodle.
1: I mean, it sounds like he is teaching important life lessons. Jacket, 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 jacket,
0: jacket. Well, he's uh, he was played by several people, including Bill Irwin. So if you've ever seen, like, uh, what's the video he's in? He's in Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, okay. And him and Robin Williams, he's that mime, that guy who does lots of, like, he, uh, he's a MacArthur genius. Really? <laughs> Almost everybody but me is a MacArthur genius.
1: It sounds like
0: that. It's really, it's really troubling me when I go and I find, oh, you know, the guy from Hamilton, he's a genius. He got a genius. He did. Hi, Merlin. Hi. How's it going, Max? Good. How are you? Woo. <clears throat> Big week. Okay, I guess I'm done talking about Mr. Noodle. <laughs> Mr. Noodle, what's that? Mr. Noodle, he's
1: having problems.
2: <laughs>
0: what's That's happened? my
1: Elmo voice. He's having problems. <laughs>
0: It's so funny when Elmo says that because <laughs> Mr. Noodle tries to put on a jacket, and he does it wrong. He tries to like jump into the jacket, and then Elmo's observing him. He's narrating what's going on, and then then he'll say something like,
1: "He's having problems." Oh, and, so um, so Elmo's the one instructing Mr. Noodle on how to do things. He's trying. So oh, there, okay. So but it's in the reverse.
0: As somebody who obviously enjoys musical theater, you'll appreciate that for a time there was Ms. Noodle, who was played by uh, the wonderful Kristen Chenoweth. Oh. Are we talking about Sesame
2: Street? What's happening?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of layers to this. You have you have, ch- you have children's TV. Inside mm-hmm. of that, you got Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Inside of Sesame Street, you have a segment called Elmo's World. Okay. That, that is pretty insufferable, but very sweet. And then inside of that, there's a segment. In, and Elmo's World is like 45 minutes of the show. It's most of the show because mm-hmm. he's a real marquee character. And then inside of that, you have a visit with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, with Mr. Noodle. What's happening? <laughs> he's a genius. He's a Mac- <laughs> you got Mr. Noodle and his brother, Mr. Noodle. And then you've got uh, Ms. Noodle, who I think is their sister, or maybe a shared wife. It might be a Latter Day Saints type situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not here to judge. Mormon, 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 Mormon. And every song he sings, uh, almost sings every song to the tune of Jingle Bells. <laughs> Why do you know so much about Sesame Street? Because
2: I have a child. Okay. She is she. When when how old are kids when they watch Sesame Street?
0: Well, if you make them, it could be any age. I see. If you, if you force them to watch it, I see. No, uh, I would say in the in the pre preschool age, like okay. around you're, 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 you're ne- never show television to your child before the age of two, or they'll turn into a twisted homunculus of a person. <laughs> <laughs> Their brains are not able to understand special moving picture noise noise. Mm-hmm. Stupid people, shut up! Just everybody, shut up. How you doing? Big uh, week, big week. I. I'm not. uh wasn't happy about this episode. Did not like how it went. I. This is, was the biggest telegraph that was ever telegraphed, and I, and I, you know, I'm usually wrong about the telegraph, but mm-hmm. they might as well have had every single member of the cast look straight at the camera while they made like that, you know, uh, anxious hamster noise, like dun dun dun, like <laughs> really frozen waffles, really.
2: Yeah, I I knew from the moment that it happened that the only scenario where Kwame wasn't eliminated for the the, the instant that he was in the grocery store. Uh, I knew that the only scenario where he wasn't eliminated from that was that someone else fucked up worse than he did and it didn't happen
0: well I let's wait we can wait to talk about it but I I like some people like numerous people on the internet I got a feeling about this Hmm. I I think he wanted out you do? I kind of do and he really didn't seem to mind that he got Philip. very interesting opening up our
2: opening up our show notes Let's see here. Topscallops.tv. I'm I'm, ori- I'm oriented now. Take your time. Let's see here. Should I try to copy? So let me ask you a question. Should I try to copy my notes in here? I'm not sure that it would be. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Let's see what Let's see what oh, happens. Well, I don't
0: think you need to. I, I'm and I'm I, I, as I hope is clear with Alex. Like always, tell me if I can be doing this better. I'm just trying to make it easy for me to share with the group of you mm-hmm. and then you do whatever you want with it
2: uh, you're just seeing my like I, i've been uh so so here's what i've been doing now is i'm watching top chef on my ipad pro at night
0: oh my goodness oh my goodness what have you done to, oh never share this to john so what have you done to the notes
2: it's <gasps> the the bullet points are oh this is a mess it's a disaster so i'm watching so now my new thing is i'm watching tv at night uh, on my iPad Pro, which is not really the appropriate device if you're sharing a bed with someone. I mean, it's really you might as well have like a like a big screen TV in bed with you. It's it's uh, you can't, you it's can't very get bright.
0: It, you can't get it dim enough. The lowest setting is still too bright.
2: Right. Uh, it's not a great scenario. But I'm I'm doing I'm uh, I'm uh, subjecting my uh, partner to the uh, iPad Pro while I watch Top Chef, and uh, I do it. What I do is the the little floating window of Top Chef. Uh, and then uh, I don't know what they call that feature, but the picture-in-picture picture feature, which is which is very nice. And then my notes application. But the other, th- you you have an iPad Pro, right, Merlin?
0: Yeah, that's an amazing feature, and I keep accidentally doing it and thinking my iPad is bewitched.
2: <laughs> I've closed this, I've closed this window of objectionable material. Why is it still playing? Here's okay. Here's where I feel like the the iPad Pro is starting to come part of the themes for me, which is I I, I as much as I like the things you can do with the Pro. Like, one of the things I take for granted that the iPad is good at is, like, I can lie in bed and, take no- and you know, watch a thing and write a note or whatever. Like, it's, you know, those are low-impact, like, like sh- they should be pretty straightforward sort of computing tasks. But uh, the problem is when you get the key, when you're holding the device, especially in, like, landscape format, and you pull up that keyboard, it there is no way to hold that thing and type.
0: I, I, I talked about this. I felt embarrassed to say this. But on the episode of the downloadable report that came out today, I finally outed myself. Uh, I can't use this thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a... it's, 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 you know what it's really good for? It's really good for watching a movie in a hotel room. It's really good <laughs> for listening to music while you cook. Mm-hmm. But the entire way iOS is put together, I mean, and it's, here's the thing is if it works for a lot of people, it is an amazing, it's, I'm the, I'm the weirdo here. All the buttons are at the top of the screen, all the typing is at the bottom of the screen. And if you're holding it in bed, it's very, very unwieldy.
2: I mean I so I think the counter I think that the 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 Apple party line on this thing is like well don't use it like that it's more of a professional device and it's meant to be used with the keyboard or on a stand or you know in some yeah, some, some sort of of. Ergon, right or in some sort of like ergonomically like sound way but then but why not why wouldn't I have a laptop then like I mean the whole point of this thing is it still should have bring me the benefit of the iPad which is, you know, when that thing was introduced, it was Steve Jobs sitting in the big leather chair, showing that you would the context that you would use this thing. And I, I just, I'm, I'm. It's interesting that you you're sort of at, at the breaking point with this too, because like I, I really, I, I really was like I was it was driving me insane yesterday. Like I just you can see on these notes like I just I'm like really struggling to type.
0: Yeah, well, and I, I just want to be clear. And first, I mean, because you know it's relevant to Top Chef. I uh, I got this thing knowing it was an experiment and I wanted to jump in with both feet and say, I'm going to try and use this for everything that I can and then use something else if I have to, but I'm going to really, I want because I really feel like this is a paradigmatically different device and I, I can, I mean, I can look at it and if I, if I allow myself to think like, you know, somebody that's not an old person, I can look at this and go, this is transformative, maybe in a similar way to the iPhone. I don't know, but the potential is there. Um, but at every turn, I, re- I really did. I stuck with it. I really stuck with it. Sometimes I use a keyboard. I love being able to like have it propped up on the coffee table while I type on a Bluetooth keyboard. That's all great. It's all great. But you know, the thing was, all that almost all the time I was using it, where I wasn't just watching a movie while it was propped up, I found myself wishing I was just using an iPad Air hmm. because. I do a lot of typing, and I do a lot of typing when I'm laying in bed like a lazy person. And I have half of the words I type have a comma in the middle of them because I got baby thumbs.
2: Like, yes, I, I have the Don, the little Donald Trump baby fingers. I can't yeah. I can't reach <laughs> I can't
0: reach far enough. It's a very brave episode. Very brave episode of John Oliver. A bold stance. You believe I believe somebody mean... finally st- stood up to say that they don't like Donald Trump <laughs> publicly, like in front of people like on a TV show? Yeah. That's a very brave decision. I, I See, but th- I, I get it. I, it is wonderful. And I'm not, I'm, so, I'm honestly, see, again, you can see here now where I'm like, all, you know, there's going to be this, again, the Korean water ghost is going to emerge. It's like, <laughs> why do you not love the iPad Pro? I'm like, I do love the iPad Pro. But like, it's it, to me, this would be like driving a Lamborghini around the parking lot of the mall. It's like, it's not suited for what I really need this to do. I want to zip in and out of parking spaces and leave. Like, I don't, you know well, what I the, mean? It's
2: there, There's the the special thing that makes iOS... Devices work and that put them that made them such a huge You know Step forward above everything else that was available is that it wasn't just a really cool piece of hardware It was the hardware and the software made in unison It was this like union of form and function so that the the soft buttons were where they needed to be in relation to the hardware So a regular person could use it and this device the hardware changed substantially and the software didn't. It's just it's just sort of bigger and more spread out and I and I it's 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 really tough to use like those little points of friction where the first couple weeks you have it right. you're like oh I'll right. just adapt to this it you don't and then it becomes really grating.
0: Well and they're and they're sort of ge- they're sort of geometric in in how they are a problem because it, you know, and again, I, I feel like I don't mean to do a on here, but I feel like when when, when I mention this to people and I'm like, yeah, it's not really working for me, and they get mad and they want to like talk me back into how great this thing is. I'm like, look, you don't need to do that. It, it's not important to our relationship that we both use the same <laughs> electronic device. We can. St- I'm pretty sure we can still be friends. I was like, what, do, what don't you like about it? I'm like, what's it's really big. Like, what's the benefit of it? I'm like, I, yes, see, that's the thing is I understand that's the benefit of it. Well, then why don't you like it? Well, it's really big, and so if i I like to lay in bed to use an iPad, otherwise I would use a computer, right? Well, Oh, what well, is well, 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 it's not working. Well, I'm holding it in landscape, and if I want to click done in a web view, I have to precariously hold it in my left hand while my right hand goes to the top to use my thumb to hit the little target for done. Well, you know, most of what I do is with it in landscape mode. Okay, well, if I'm in landscape mode, no way can I type anything while I'm laying down. It doesn't work that way. Well, then holding it It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, it's it's Professor Actually all the way down. It's like, it's okay. Like, we can disagree on this. It's just that... You know uh I could see this being somebody's really like primary device for lots of stuff the power of what it can do the speed it's all crazy great um, it's just you know I'll be very interested to see what they put out you know next month right because that that could that's gonna be right in the pocket for me I think
2: I uh in 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 keeping with my um uh, catching up with all of your podcasts uh, like two months after you do them I just heard the your uh, talk show appearance where you and uh, Gruber were talking about the the iPhone design, and I think there was some sort of similar themes in that conversation. So we'll, I, I think we'll, we'll stick that in the show notes. But just a really, a really interesting conversation of of the people's sort of on like people speculating on what's going to happen with the iPhone.
0: Oh right, we were talking about we got into the whole headphone jack.
2: Right, oh. the headphone jack thing, the the tra- the the sort of um, thinness versus battery life trade off, and people's sort of backseat, uh, you know, engineer driving on that of like, oh, we'll just make a thicker phone. And uh, also, probably my favorite conversation of like, can you imagine the meeting where someone pitched Johnny Ive the uh, ca- the bump on the back <laughs> camera of the camera. camera? Yeah.
0: Can you even imagine what that was like? Yeah.
2: But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, fe- I I so I guess where I am is like I so I have my. MacBook Pro that I use for my work, and I have my iPhone that I do a lot. More and more and more of my life is just
0: the one, the one you're looking at in every photo. Yeah, the one, I'm, I the one I'm so looking much. at
2: in every photo. But like, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best gimmick when I resent being put into a situation where I have to have my photo taken. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's like I, I more and more. It's faster and easier to do everything on my on my phone. And I like having an iPad. There's like times of the day and contexts where I love having the iPad, and it's just like none of the of the three devices on the market right now, like none of them are exactly right for me. I, I don't know. It's a little. I, I I don't know. I I wish, I wish there was one that was just made for me and it was perfect and it had all the things <laughs> I need and none of the things I don't.
0: That's not too much to ask. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I have a extremely extremely primitive uh, mental model that I used to think about things sometimes. And I, I'm not here to tell you that this is a perfect mental model. I'm not saying it's an accurate mental model. I found it a useful mental model. And that mental model is this, that when you try to think about anything, you know this is true in project management, try to think of things in terms of being at least a triangle. A triangle is a very, very interesting figure because it's got, it's got three sides, it's got three angles. Um, and you can think about that triangle being different sizes. You can think about one, one end of the triangle being longer than another. The thing that's interesting about a triangle is there's nothing you can change about it without changing almost everything else about the triangle. And so you know of course the analogy from project management that, you know, eventually runs every project manager's life. I won't go into it here, but think about that. Like, you know, if you change the the size of your triangle, that changes a lot about like how much will fit inside of it. Let's say you say like, you know what I really want to do? I really want to change just this one <laughs> length of this one part of the triangle. I can do that, right? You can, you can do that. But then if you do that, that's going to change the angles of the other side too. And if you want the same amount of space inside the triangle, same, you know, whatever cubic or um, square millimeters inside of that, however you want to think of it, the volume or the, any of that, you think of that stuff, you change any one thing about a triangle. You necessarily change at least one and often two other aspects of the triangle. And so whenever you're, you've got an opinion or you've got a reckon about how to change technology or politics, and you say, all we really need to change is this one thing. Think about the triangle. There is, theres Almost nothing you can change in the world without changing at least one and usually at least two other things. And that, to me, that that mental model, as simple and primitive as it is, makes me always say, as soon as I'm about to say, why don't you just X? I I always try to think of the triangle and I say, okay, can you literally change just X? What things are going to change that we know are going to change? What kind of things are going to change we couldn't even imagine are going to change? And I think you start to understand, again, everybody's got their reasons, like, you know, if you say just make a bigger phone, well, what kind of impact does that have on all of these other things? So I don't know. That helps me to be less of a total dumbass is to remember that, you know, to think of the triangle.
2: What, what do you think it is about, um, let's just say sort of like, like computer hardware design and like I wouldn't even say politics as much as like, like economics where it's really hard to change one thing without unintended consequences? Because that, that, is, that is really interesting.
0: Well, I think you have to talk about politics in terms of that because, you know, to me, like if you if you look at everybody, and there there are people I admire, who are, for example, running for president, who I think don't have a chance of ever running things well because I don't think they're thinking of the triangle. Um, uh, I think it's because we can so. For our, like you just you made a joke that was really funny a minute ago. You said, "Oh, why can't you just make this device that's exactly perfect for me?" Homer's car, right? You want to have a, <laughs> Homer Simpson gets to design his own car, and look how that worked out. But that tends to be how it works. If you've you've you guys have both done product, um, there is a reason that there are different levels of bugs inside a bug tracker, and that's because we can't take every single piece of input we get and implement all of them. For so many reasons that I hope I don't even have to say why that is, but as the people who are the artists or the designers or the, the minds behind something, you have to have take so many different kinds of things into account that nobody else has to think about right? You, you, one person in Apple has to think about the number of SKUs that exist. One person has to think about if we make this in white, what will that look like? And have we, have we ever tried that before? Another person has to think about, well, what's that going to mean for all of our vendors who have these cases that we've put into the Apple certified program? Uh, other people are going to think about, well, you know, what happens if you get on a plane and you don't have the amount of signal that you need to, et, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, there's so many different things. And, but with all that said, we as consumers and users, are very in touch with our feelings. We are very in touch with our emotions. And we are super tuned into what we like and don't like and feel it with so much burning clarity that it seems ridiculous that the world can capitulate to our seemingly simple needs. And we don't have to think about that stuff. We get to just piss and moan and leave a one-star review because, oh, I didn't read the description of this. So, I, I mean, I don't wanna sound unkind, Uncharitable, but I think that's a big part of the problem: is that we are incredibly emotional about these things, and it's not our job to have to think about things like scalability, affordability, internationalization. Right? right. There's all those things. What, what do you, What do you think? Well,
2: I think, <clears throat> uh, I think that's I think that's a big piece of it. I think you know I think one of the consequences of. of doing a a, a, not just a good design and that like it looks cool for its time but a, a piece of design that's like a paradigm shift of like this changes how everybody thinks of what a phone is or what a what a computer is or what a tablet is is it's so good that it seems like obvious and intuitive in retrospect like you look back at phones now and you're like, well obviously it would just be a touch screen with a back on it and you know it would be really simple and, and there wouldn't be a lot of hard buttons and it would, the interface would change based on what you were doing on the phone. But, some, but it wasn't obvious, like that was actually really complicated and a lot of people had to say no to a lot of features and ideas in order to get there. But I think that leaves, I think when you get a, a design that's, that's that, that changes the category of like what a phone is or what communications are, or what computers are that fundamentally, um, and and it's then you look back at with that with that like those like uh, you know like rose colored glasses of like oh it was inevitable of course it was going to be like that it gives people the impression that anyone could have done it or that any idea is is the obvious or the right idea and that's not the case it's really really hard what do you think Alex
1: oh man um, <laughs> right, I'm, simply, I'm, hey, listen
0: I know you'd only talk about your job but like um, what is your apart from doing the podcast and stuff what what are the kinds of things that you've done professionally in your uh, young adult life. Uh, uh, I boy. want that to be my ringtone uh, <laughs> You sounded like you, you sounded like uh you sound like Tina Belcher.
1: I mean what uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, so so are you asking oh, about Oh my god Alex
0: Alex is <laughs> Tina
2: Belcher. Yeah
1: <laughs> oh
0: my god, we're screwed. Oh my god, we're screwed. You love it? Oh my god, we're screwed. We're screwed. Oh my god, we're, wow. screwed. we're screwed. You love you it? Do Bob's Burgers, Alex? Yes. Okay. I'm
1: very aware that I, I'm Tita. Wow, why didn't I this put
0: this together?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every.
2: Like i have definitely. So for our listeners who haven't seen Bob's Burgers, Merlin, you, I think you turned me on to this because on another but one of your shows.
0: Su- our entire household are absolute bobs burger super fan. it's so
2: good and uh you recommended like a starter episode to just jump in well i mean it's a good show to watch from the beginning but if you're looking for like a great episode to sell you on it uh it's the is it turkey in a can?
0: <laughs> sale is in your mouth sale is in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was the episode you recommended <laughs> that one, that, and that was one like... in the Super Bowl the Thanksgiving episode and the Sandy Can Can Fry Super Bowl episode are my two favorite episodes
2: uh, that was the one where I was like alright I'll give this show a try and I watched that and I was like alright I'm
0: in let's do it <laughs> all of his exchanges with the guy at the meat counter <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so are we doing this <laughs> things haven't been going so great with Tony for a long time <laughs> sorry
2: Wow! Why didn't I realize that Alex was Tina Belcher until just now? Uh, so you were saying your job?
1: Uh, my job. <laughs> 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 uh, are, are you asking about the tools I use, or, or my job, or what, what, what? Well, you guys
0: are fun, you guys are funny because you do funny stuff. What you do for your actual work, where you make money, is kind of unusual. I'm uh, literally the least top- funny
1: person at this company. <sighs>
0: But um, also, I've seen funny things like how you deal with customer service, and you guys will sometimes rather joyfully, especially with Max, and some of your other folks there, like will post like very funny responses. My daughter thinks it's hilarious that she sold people poop. She thinks it's about the funniest thing in the entire world. She's <laughs> like, she's like, they didn't think they were going to get poop. I'm like, exactly, they didn't really think they were going to get poop. She's like, but they sent them poop. It's like exactly. But you know, in your case, like you have you know a lot of a lot of fans and friends of the, of the company. But, you know, you also have these, these funny customer service things like, you know, how do you feel about when you when you have to deal with people who want to tell you they have a better idea about how to do what you do than than you do? And I, I know that sounds like a leading question, but there must be certainly like good ideas from people. But there's, you know, for example, when if you do comedy, you become very resistant to people ever saying, like, have you thought about doing a joke about this for a variety of reasons? Because probably it won't be funny. Uh, please don't tell me that. And if I ever do anything related to that, now you're going to think I stole that joke from you. <laughs> Right. So you could you do an expansion pack and suddenly, uh, you know, Johnny Nebraska wants to get his cut.
1: I mostly get to say to people, oh, I don't deal with that, which I don't. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of really great suggestions like, oh, why why don't you make an Apple pack? Why don't you make an Android pack? Why don't you make a pack for my wedding? And uh, I don't do customer service emails. But what what do you think is the worst uh, pack suggestion we've ever gotten?
2: Well, we I mean we periodically so so people lo- I mean Merlin you're you're totally like on the money of like people love suggesting um either cards that, jokes that we should do in the game that are obviously like we've written thousands of cards for this game so obviously if there's a, jo- an, a a really easy joke that we didn't put in the game it's because we thought of it and we tried it and it wasn't good. Right. Um so Those are usually pretty terrible, but people love giving us joke ideas and people love giving us sort of like business ideas. And that could range from uh, when my grandpa was like, ah, he's like, he's like when he would see some news article about this game and he would go, you could, uh, this is pretty good, this game. You could use this to uh, go get a real job at Mattel Um, (laughs) to my parents. I think my parents. You you
0: could start doing something I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I think
2: think at one point my parents recommended we go on Shark Tank or maybe that was another one of the guy's parents recommended that we go on Shark Tank. Um, So it's like we get a lot of like 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 business ideas like that. But we've periodically we've tried to do these sort of events or panels where our fans will come and recommend jokes to us and then we'll sort of like critique them as we would our own jokes. And it's usually pretty like we've kind of stopped doing that format of panel because it's pretty sad. I mean, Alex, you've been you've been on a bunch of
0: those like they're pretty bad. those, Those folks have never been in a writer's room. Right. They don't, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of this show called The pod, uh, called the Flop House mm-hmm. podcast. And, you know, um, when John Syracuse and I have talked about this show, we've, we've mentioned how like a lot of people don't get into it because they're just throwing everything at the wall. They're not trying to make one funny three second bit. It's like a writer's room and a writer's room is really brutal because you are trying all kinds of rapid fire, a million different jokes. And, every, and a lot of times people just don't laugh mm-hmm. because it's, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily laugh when you're writing comedy. That's, it's the horrible truth. And those are people who just sit around all day thinking about what is and isn't funny. It's like the guy, It's like that documentary about the guy who does the uh, is the editor of the New York New Yorker cartoons. He's just like snap, 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 snap going through hundreds and hundreds of these. He's seen it all. And it's like and it's like you're the first person in the world that, like wants to have a dog at a desk like <laughs> give me a break.
2: Uh we our writers room is actually uh I I lie on the floor uh, on pain pills <laughs> and I speak <laughs> in an old western dialect to everyone else. <laughs> and, they, and they just write it down. <laughs>
0: limber dick cocksucker <laughs> uh, this is all gonna be edited out i may have fucked up my life flatter and hammered shit but i stand before you today <laughs> i love ellsworth uh we gotta find a way out of this so um <clears throat> for you max this is hamilton related yes and this is something i i have almost mentioned on the show for mm-hmm. the last three episodes Yes. but um uh i i think lin manuel miranda is a very very interesting guy uh wow just inspiring really like even though he got the Mar- MacArthur genius grant that I probably should have gotten but he uh, you might have seen this or heard this he was on 60 minutes uh i think in the fall and with Charlie Rose and it was a great interview and I just want to give this one quote because I think it relates to whether you're thinking about triangles it relates to product and it relates to life and I got to tell you man I think this really in some ways very much relates to top chef so he's saying basically he's talking about going to school i think he went to i want to say hunter but he went to school and he says i went to school where everybody was smarter smarter than me he said i'm not blowing smoke i was surrounded by these genius kids What's interesting growing up in a culture like this is you say, all right, I got to figure out what my thing is because I'm not smarter than these kids. I'm not funnier than half of them. So I better figure out what it is that I want to do and work really hard at that. And because intellectually, I'm treading water just to be here. And Charlie Rose says, so why do you think I'm sitting here talking to you and not sitting here talking to one of your classmates? And he says, because I picked a lane and I started running ahead of everybody else. So that's the honest answer. I was, it was like, all right, this. And that sounds like like silly like phony inspirational stuff but I think that's so smart. He didn't try to get great at everything. Like he picked this one area and then inside of that one area he picked one area and he just kept running 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 running. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, like, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, you can't just be the musical theater guy, but I thought that was really inspiring was to go like, I'm not going to try and just be the smartest person here. I'm going to be the hardest working person here. And I, but I love that analogy of picking a lane. Yeah. Whatever lane you pick, just run as fast as you possibly can in that lane. Doesn't mean you can't change lanes later, but don't spend any time f- f- worrying and fussing about, you know, the inspiration to find a lane. Get in the lane and run.
2: There's, uh, I think, about the uh, similar similar idea from uh, a talk by Dan Harmon, who um, uh, he's uh, f- uh, makes uh, the show Community. I know John Roderick is a big fan of his work. All um, the great shows, big fan, all the great shows. Uh, but uh, Dan Harmon gave a great talk, and he was talking about you know a similar idea of like finding his like weird thing and, and and just sticking with it and doing it. And he was like, when I was a kid, um, and my mom would take me to the mall. My mom would say, if we get separated and I can't find you don't go looking all over the mall for me. Just pick a place and stay put. And that'll give me a chance to find you. Because if we're both moving around looking for each other, we could theoretically never find each other. Um, so he was like, uh, A, kind of a creepy mom. But B, uh, that's that's how it is finding an audience and doing something weird and, and connecting with people. is like if you're both wandering, changing up all the time, wandering around looking for each other, you can theoretically never find the people who are going to love your work. So you kind of need to like do your thing and stay put.
0: So true. Ah, oh, it's really good. All right, Yan uh, can cook. So can you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you... I'm never, I'm never, never gonna feel great about those segments. Did uh... this guy's? He's a legend. Everybody on this show's a legend. Do you know who this is? I remember there being something on TV that I didn't watch called Yan Can Cook, and he had a catchphrase, and it was very popular. I can't even tell you when it's from. I'm gonna say the '90s. But that's... I would never... It was like a show on broadcast TV in the afternoon, I think.
2: Okay. I'd never it was heard... A,
0: it was a cooking show, probably contemporaneous with what? Like Emerald or... Bam. Bam. That's right. With the with the powder sauce. That's right. Bam. Spice it up. Hmm. Spice it up.
2: Yeah. I think that was a... I think that's considered... to. So I've never been into a lot of cooking TV. I never... I, I don't know. It just never held my interest. And I think... Uh, but I think that among people who really like cooking TV... Like I think my folks like you know food cooking TV. Uh, 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 I know my, my partner Veronica uh, likes a lot of like cooking TV, and I think that that's considered to be the the good age of cooking TV when Emerald was on, and and, mm-hmm. and now it's like more personality driven, and it's these like big reality you know Guy Fieri reality show. Yeah, you know, the pan the pan
0: man. Your classic pan man. But, but also, like, uh, just in, in fairness to – I'm not slagging. I don't mean to slag anybody here. But if it has to be somebody, it might as well be Guy Fieri, who seems like a nice guy. Can I just say – like, I, on TV, I think he's insufferable, but apparently he's a very nice guy. But, uh, so today you have a show like well, the one we're watching or other kinds of shows that are kind of about food culture and food – like, looking at food and the aesthetics of food. The thing about Yan Can Cook or The Old Emerald Show or any of those, or for that matter, Julia Child was about how to cook. That was a show about, if you like, recipes. It was about taking somebody who aspires to be a cook and showing them how to actually put the ingredients together. And, uh, you know, it's a different kind of thing. It was a different age, but, you know, and more practical in a lot of ways.
2: Uh, I'm just looking at the uh, Roderick on the Line uh, episode for the, the pan men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Classic pan man. John, one of John's tests for a pan man is uh, if you ask them if they want uh, jalapenos with that, they say, shit, yeah, I want jalapenos with that. <laughs> Um, Alton Brown is not Al- Alton Brown's a food guy, right? <coughs> uh, yes, he was the cinematographer for the REM video, the one I love. Wait, what? Yeah, Alton Brown was. That's right. Robert Longo <laughs> was the director. Alt, 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 I learned this today because I'm doing I do many podcasts. Mm-hmm. I did a podcast about REM that came out today, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he did the. Where, uh, cinematography. Where's your
2: Where's your podcast parade? Where's your MacArthur Genius? I grant? make a lot of very brave
0: <clears throat> choices every day.
2: Did you know that the guy who made uh, the movie The won Best Picture last night, uh, which I can't remember the name of, is uh, the the uh, the reporter, the uh, bullshit reporter, the like Stephen Glass reporter from season five of The Wire?
0: What that guy? Really? Yeah, the guy. What was the one that won? Was it Spotlight? Spotlight won. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I just remember it wasn't Mad Max and I was mad. And then they played Wagner. What? Why were they oh playing God. Wagner? You, every... <laughs> am I the only person? I heard Wagner at least four or five times less. I heard, I heard the Valkyries like five times it was. Less. Did you watch the Oscars, Alex? It yeah. was
2: like, do you, just from a show running directing point of view, it was one of the most awkward broadcasts I've ever seen. Like the camera was always one step behind. There were a lot of like crew and camera people like in the shots, like ducking and weaving out. And every segment they had this, they seemed to try to have this really complicated choreography graphed like camera movement like bobbing in and out and it right it, it was so bizarre i
1: i I, ca- I saw a lot of tweets too about how this is like the best produced oscars in uh, oscar in years and i i, I can't Understand why? From, um, I think
2: from the point of view of they they kept the train running on time.
1: I maybe. Right, right. Oh God, that lower. Oh the the what the scroll at the bottom drove me mm-hmm. crazy. Oh the, the crawl for credits. But the the worst part was when they um had they shot people um the presenters at that low angle and then just shifted the camera slightly to each of the like long um it was like what was it a, a screen of uh whatever yes. the film. This, and they did
0: it
2: the mo- the every most single time.
1: oh god it,
2: the the most offensive part of that was they did it for the cinematography one <laughs> and so the idea was it was like it was like oh like we're going to have a really like slick piece of cinematography of like the camera is going to like be moving around and show reveal the screen behind the presenter but it looked like a like a like a mid 90s rap video like it was just <laughs> it was it was crazy it was such bad cinematography in that it was extremely conspicuous, and you noticed every camera movement, and it told you nothing about what was happening, and it made you kind of nauseous. I-,
1: I honestly think that they put a lot of work into uh, not reaction shots this year because they were very worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was they were on, it was like tiptoeing around everything this year, and it was a boring show. And Mad Max Mad Max kind of swept. Things, though, in terms, uh, the uh, one, the
2: most number of Oscars <laughs> of any movie that didn't win Best Picture.
0: Yep, uh, there were there were like <clears throat> maybe two or three people at the party I was at last night who had seen Mad Max. And they're like, what's it about? I'm like, Are you kidding me? Well, what it's about is a truck drives into the desert <laughs> and then it drives back and it's the greatest movie ever made is what it is.
1: <laughs> so, Max, how, how do you feel about Mad Max? <clears throat>
2: <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go two. don't want to go for two, uh, oh, in terms no, of my oh, extremely no, unpopular no. opinions. I thought no, so. No, so no, no, no. all right, how about, let me say this? I think oh my God. I would compare Mad Max to the to Star Wars: A New Hope. Did you read the book? The, <laughs> the, was there a Mad Max uh, novelization?
0: Oh when, if you're a young kid trying to fit in, uh-huh. you read the Mad Max book. You know, And the thing is, it wasn't just that he was good good, good at fighting like mm-hmm. in the movie. Oh, I see. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Ender's Game. I apologize. <laughs>
2: All right. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Me. Me. Let, def- Let me defend myself here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me defend myself here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and If you mention my name, I get a rebuttal. I get a 30-second rebuttal. So those are the <laughs> t- rules of the debate. Um I – uh so here's the deal. I would compare – I think Mad Max is, like, kind of equivalent to, like, Star Wars A New Hope in that it was – it's really groundbreaking filmmaking. It looks amazing. It's kind of this schlocky genre mashup that's really cool and fresh. And it feels – that, that film felt fresh to me. Like, I felt when I saw it, like, this – okay, I haven't seen this before. Like, this is really new filmmaking in the same way that I think people felt when they saw Star Wars for the first time. But like A New Hope, I just don't think it's that great of a, of a film. Like, if you take a step... I can, I can see that. Like, if you take does, a step doesn't, back, It doesn't have the bones. Right. It's like, I just... I didn't really care about the protagonists, and I, I kind of felt... I mean, it was cool. It, just, it was just sort of... It wasn't a great film in that it was just like... Uh, it was just sort of this glorious orgy of violence, which is... It was it was very entertaining, but I didn't come away from it being like, wow, I have a lot to chew on here. Like, it was just a cool movie, which is fine. That's a good thing to, to make and a good thing to see, but it's not... It's not – I just wasn't I, – I wasn't – I didn't think it was the best movie of the year. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but but, uh, but that was also my – broadly my my kind of somewhat disappointment with the new Star Wars movie is I felt like what I wanted the new Star Wars movie to be was the, that feeling of Mad Max. Of like I wanted to – at least visually and, 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 you know, from a filmmaking perspective, I wanted to see that movie and get that experience of like, holy shit, I haven't seen this before. Like this is – this is new, like this is really imagining a lot of new stuff and giving me that experience of like when people saw Star Wars for the first time. And I think Star Wars was, I mean, it was a good movie, but it was almost totally devoid of that. It was all about revisiting these tropes and these characters and seeing things from a new angle and all of that. But I didn't, I I felt like Mad Max kind of took the, definitely this year took the mantle of like imaginative sci-fi filmmaking. Brave. Brave. That's my brave opinion. <laughs> very, very brave. I don't know. How do you feel
0: about Donald Trump? Love him. Love the guy. What's his name? Drumpf? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Tiny fingers. Funny that funny was a stuff. very
2: funny. That was a very funny bit. I'll. Admit. That's pretty funny. Admit I thought the one was better. Tom
0: McCarthy. This is so weird. This guy was on the wire. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. Like what? He's like Peter Berg or John Cassavetes. You're like, well, dude, what do you do? Because he was on the wire. He's been in Michael Clayton. He was in he was on Boston Public. Yeah. Ali Ali McBeal. He also directed he wrote The Station Agent and directed the Station Agent. The first thing I ever saw Peter Dinklage in. He did the story for Up. He did Spotlight and he did the recently flopped terrible show, uh terrible film, The Cobbler. <laughs> he did The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. The Cobbler. That's a Quite a career. It's all in the what notebook. A, it's all in the what notebook. A, what a resume! Oh, I enjoyed the Notebook. It's all in the notebook. Movie made me cry.
1: Cry, dude. Uh, all right.
0: Oh my God! You people, you're dead inside. You didn't cry during the Notebook. Oh. No. I was making w- I was making wire
2: reference. What's the Notebook?
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Notebook is a it's film that one with based... Ryan, What's his
0: name? Ryan Phillippe. Uh, what's his name?
1: Ryan Gosling. Um, okay based on the best-selling Nicholas Sparks novel, The Notebook, no? And that cute girl with the dimples
0: from Spotlight was in it, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, oh, I saw you saw uh, Drive,
0: Merlin. Oh, my oh,
1: God. Oh, that's that's a good one.
0: My wife went to see Drive in the theater whenever it came out. And she came home, and she's like, wow, what a piece of shit that was. I was like, oh, <gasps> bummer. I, heard, I was like, oh, I heard no. it was really good. And this was, this was just a thing in our house for years. I had no desire to see Drive because my wife told me it was not good. And my wife is really smart. She was a film uh, major in college. She's a really smart person. And I generally agree with her taste on many, many things. And I woke up the other morning and I walked into the kitchen and I was I, I was like, Woman, I would have words <laughs> with you. You speak ill of. Dr- I was like, I watched Drive one and a third times last night. I went back, I bought the soundtrack and I listened to the soundtrack. I'm up to one in the morning it's watching so this incredible
2: movie. So I, I got to see that now.
1: I, you're going to
0: hate yeah, it, don't worry. I, <laughs> was it, is it, what is I, it? My it's, hopes were very high for is it, it. Is is it, it, is
2: it, it. Was it an action movie?
1: Um, no, no. Yeah, it,
0: it's a political thriller. Okay. Did you guys like Birdman? No.
1: Uh, I have complicated feelings.
0: Your, Bird, Birdman's going to go the route of American Beauty, I think. Yeah. It's going to be one of those where it's like within a couple of years, we're going to like, wow, we, we really like that, huh?
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, oh,
2: my God.
1: I have like, to watch
0: American Beauty. Wow. I'm like, wow. I just i I'm the worst.
2: <laughs> I have to imagine you guys are, the audience is going to take your side on all of these topics. Did you love American Beauty? You loved American Beauty? I still think American Facts. Beauty. What? Oh my god. Oh, Max, what are we, what are you, no. what's everyone going to make fun of me now? I think American Beauty is it is like you shouldn't watch a movie like American Beauty or Fight Club and take it as like intellectual gospel. It's just a it's a good movie.
0: Every time my wife and I see a plastic bag flying around, we turn to each other and go, "What's the most beautiful it's thing?" so, ever so seen. beautiful."
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I think f- I actually think the modern successor to American Beauty is uh The Dark Knight. In that uh, or, like a fight club or something like that, in that like people people mine it mine it for some sort of intellectual uh you know a message that 's not there it 's just a cool stylistic film wait don't you like fight club or you don't like fight club i can 't remember you or Syracuse were Syracuse we fight we're arguing about fight club
0: on the advice of uh, counsel, mm-hmm. uh I am not going to testify <laughs> okay. on the basis that uh, it might uh, tend to incriminate me interesting you don't talk about Fight club on the internet. I see. Oh, my God. I, I I it's don't a really good understand like it. you don't understand It's it. a Deep good movie. It's, it's It's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, Yeah. Not that it, good it's
2: movie. It, it's twi- it's twice as funny because it's ma- it, the people who are who like it too much, it's making fun of them.
0: I you know I get that now. John Syracuse explained this to me on a podcast and now I understand it in a way I didn't. Uh but I still think it's really weird. You know, oh, the things you own not start to own you. Well, yeah, like all your Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. I-, <laughs> I can quote a movie. <laughs> people
2: Boy, nobody liked Birdman. I thought Birdman was
0: so good. I thought there were things about Birdman that were very, very good. I I, I understand it was very difficult to make. <laughs> Why well, that guy loves talking uh, about how hard did his anyone film see was the Revenant? Make. Oh, the uh, Revenant. Have you heard about? Do you you guys probably don't know this? That movie was very, very difficult to make. It, yeah. Even though they got to choose literally every component of the writing and production of it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was very difficult Mm -hmm. to make in a way that certainly couldn't have been prevented. Uh, That movie, I saw the trailer
2: for it. I thought it was a really beautiful trailer. And then I also felt like I had already seen the whole movie of like, I, I really don't need to spend two hours watching this guy like drag himself through the snow and get mauled by a bear, which, oh my God, did we see that bear mauling Leonardo DiCaprio a thousand times last night?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it. I I don't get to go see a lot of movies it. that are you for saw ups
1: it? Yeah, it's it's the trailer. Okay. Uh, I had I, I don't know it. This was just the most like I I am actually really surprised at Spotlight won because The Revenant is such a Hollywood movie like. Oh, look at all the things that went into make that. Look, look at all this method acting. Look at the cinematography, and I, I'm shocked it didn't win. But I got really. Bored I, I think that
2: it. I think that the the Oscars are in a place right now where they're it's like very self serious and self congratulatory, and they love movies about uh, how important movies are. So like Argo won because it's about how important movies are. Like Birdman won because it's like oh the, the the theater and and movies and how important this guy is. Uh, were some of the other like recent winners that were just like they're like movies about movies uh but but like spotlight obviously the artist artist. yeah totally (laughs) but like spotlight totally fits right into that right because it's like the the in this case it's like hollywood making a movie about the journalists about how important the journalists were but by proxy oh that's hollywood is important because it's like oh we're exposing this issue (sighs) we're really raising awareness uh yan can cook so can you
0: hey yan hello (laughs) (laughs) all right uh uh, three chefs remain
2: uh let's see marjorie is not gonna let this become a sausage party oh i had to explain what
0: that was to my daughter she thought it was funny (laughs) how did you what how did you explain it it'd be like a party with a bunch of penises she didn't want that to happen oh okay it writes it writes itself all right kids are aware of penises okay it it's not a bad thing. Okay, let me show you a drawing. Here's a here's a detailed drawing. I don't of know. The analogy. I don't.
2: I'll I will. I'll be honest. I don't really. I don't know how children work at all. So I'm amazed. I don't know what I'm like. It's like a. It's like I always think like a 13 year old is reading like kids books, or a seven year old is like reading Chaucer or something. Like I never know how to relate to kids or what age they know things.
0: So, yeah, this one starts out with the, what do you call that, when they're doing the, like, when they're going to show the flashbacks and everybody's talking about what happened. What's the, uh, uh, it's the uh, the Top Dress
2: 10-minute uh, recap where you, you don't even right. have to have watched the last episode. Uh, they're going to sort of recap everything that happened.
0: And so who did we lose last time? Oh, yeah, Karen. Everybody misses Karen. They show the shots of them uh, sharpening their knives. Mm-hmm.
2: Jeremy Jeremy calls uh his daughter and uh she's uh, read her uh 350 books so she's already smarter than daddy. He seems to drop about 30, 30 IQ points a week.
0: <laughs> I make her to her she got to win. She's number 2. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> think Which one? I think
2: Jeremy edited down to his best two comments a week was uh more palatable
0: than hearing from him as much as we are. Uh um, please can we just all stop talking to the phone like that? Please stop doing that. It's not a piece of pizza. <laughs> Hold, hold it up to your head like an adult. Well they're they have to be on speakerphone so the camera can uh hear their child. I think it's sweet. I I think it's sweet. So is he, is he divorced or would, what 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 do we know about him? Did he drive her away? What happened?
2: Uh, um I I don't know. His daughter's got to read a lot of books. That was all I wrote down. I wrote oh, down uh Jason's daughter uh dash smarter than daddy. Mm. My top chef notes read a lot like one of your dreams, Merlin. Mm, I was just noticing that. <laughs>
0: Oh, wait, now you cut them all out. Where'd I t- they go?
2: I was too bad. I took them out. I took them back. No,
0: they were great. I took them back. The worst.
2: And then I just wrote down, chop suey, and then the next line says, Marjorie breaks a lobster in half like Bane. Oh, my goodness. It was still it was alive. Terrifying. <laughs> it was really was so I... <laughs> scary. She really went for it. She snapped it right over her knee like in Batman.
0: And it's just, it's so sad to see the lobster just, it's just kind of going, eh, eh, eh. it's just kind of gyrating a little bit like that's going to help. Mm-hmm. And she just cracks it in half. Uh, so this is. So what else happened in this episode?
2: <laughs> I did talking about movie some more. Pot of water until I was already
0: a man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of a man who's seen this show would ever buy frozen waffles? Rise, rise, rise! <laughs> now, did you like him as Bane?
2: Uh yeah, love the I like the Batman movies. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't like him in
0: the Mad Max. Wait, what? Tom oh, Hardy. Tom Hardy? I, no, yeah, I don't like did dogs.
2: I I there's not I can't point to one thing in uh Mad Max <laughs> and be like, this is what was wrong with it, it was like uh Tom Hardy was was <clears throat> like too gruff and unlikable. It was just the vague lack of a protagonist and plot that was sort of got to me in the end.
0: Mm. Once again. So they're making low, so they got to go. Yan, Yan's very excited, and this was actually. So you see that table where they're sitting when they go into the Buddha room, right? Mm-hmm. That we were like ten feet away from there. The, that, that's where we dined in that exact room, about ten feet from their t- where their table is. They had to clean all the tables out of the room, but like it was, it was so crazy. Wait, we where just, in the Yan King Cook restaurant? Yeah, it's called My China. Okay, I put it in notes. Okay, and it's good. It was expensive, but it was good. Wow, I had lobster. I also had lobster. All right.
2: Here, yeah. here was another
1: instance. If you want
2: destroy this popsui, <laughs> and one of this pen and ashes, then you have my permission to die. Oh. It's, not a, it's not a dish that was
0: developed in China. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's I sound like now. I, I, I sound like Jar Jar Binks. I'm going to charge Jar Binks' in vein. Me so someone to cook a can. This is all gotta be edited out <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Mm. No, no, I'm doing Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> uh a lawsuit card,
2: yes. How, and when they do the Oscars and they have the minions come on stage and read Ugh. the nominee,
0: can we just let go did of your, the minions? Did your at this daughter point? see the minions uh. movie? Did she like it? Yeah, it's good. She liked it? It's like the new Bart Simpson, though. Like, it's everywhere. It's like. Uh, I
2: resent how much money has been spent for me to have to know about the minions. But uh I here's my only question, and then we gotta move on past the uh, the Oscars. But how do okay, so all right, let me start with this. So the minions aren't really there. How did wait, they wait what? Yeah, wait like, a whoa, back up. Yeah, it's like on uh, the like on the, we're, like we're on the Simpsons when Homer is like, Is this uh d- is this recorded live? Uh no Homer. <laughs> Cartoons are very rarely broadcast live. It's very taxing on the animators' wrists. <laughs> I assumed
0: that they were there,
2: but uh, so okay. So I'm taking for granted that the minions are not really there, but and yet they open the envelope and they know who won. How do they do that? Is oh
0: man, or, or
2: not the minions because they didn't even speak in English. But uh, you know, uh, uh, Woody and Buzz, right?
0: They shot five of them, and then they ran the winner.
2: Ah, oh, like a like a like a what do you call like a cold read? Like yeah, ha- parlor trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay.
0: And also, World of Tomorrow was robbed. I, I don't. Even, I haven't seen that movie. I'm sure it's a fine movie. But World of Tomorrow should have won just because it's the one I saw that was really good. Oh, you know the uh, the Sanjay Super Team was good too. No, oh, for animated before that, short uh, before that dinosaur movie. Ooh, I didn't like. Watch the Bears. Okay, so all right. So have you seen Have you seen World of Tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I, okay. I saw the animated shorts. Bears Bears was my pick. It, it's okay. really really beautiful. Is it out there? Um. Uh, um. Um. Uh, but can I steal it off the internet? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's well, called Bears yeah. Jubilee? What's it called? I think it's just called. Is it called just Bears? I don't bears. Know. You know what? I'd, so the other thing is, I think iTunes typically does a thing you can buy that has all the animated shorts, and it should. Oh, I will do that. It does. I, I don't know if it's out yet, but they usually do it after the Oscars. Between Bears. It was. It's very good. It. It. it it was really delightful. The 2015 Oscar-nominated short films animation, I believe it, 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 it's a, like a package that comes on iTunes.
0: I will do it. Oh, look at this. Wikipedia has a list of fictional bears. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever oh, seen gosh, uh, a lot, a lot only of fictional animals,
1: bears. Or <sighs> as well as the... men? Mm, well, mean be- uh, bearded men? The, oh, is where, uh, like, uh, yeah,
0: be- bearded men who are like
2: lumberjacks. Yeah. Did you ever see the bear convention in Chicago?
1: Uh which which what are you talking about?
2: Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's I think it's called I think there's just a bear con. I know we have international Mr. Leather, but I think there's also a bear convention. There is, yes. Okay.
1: There is there's also a bears sports convention and they're uh, comically confused sometimes. But, yeah.
0: Oh, because because Chicago. Yep,
1: because oh, Chicago. Oh, no,
0: no, no. That's a shame.
2: That's uh, that's one of the big sports teams that people really uh, like. They love them. Mm, love those. Yes, love those...
0: I've seen them on Saturday Night Live. Love those bears. <laughs> you got, you got Bo- Bobo, Bobo the bear. Mm-hmm. That's Mr. Burns's bear. You got Bojay on the bear. That's a painter who paints his own world with three colors. You got Bongo the bear from Fun and Fancy Free. You got Boog, Brer Breasley, Corporal Club. Uh, Cindy, Disco, Dova, Flippy, Fluffy, and Uranus, (laughs) Ginkgo, (laughs) Yurashiro, Life Beauty, Life Cool, Life Sexy, Lulu, Yurigasaki, Gordon, Grizzly. There's more. You should keep going. Grizzly, Grizzly, High Bay, Humphrey, Kit, Cloud Kicker from Tailspin. There's a lot of fictional bears. Oh, I love
1: Cloud Kicker.
0: Okay,
2: I'll put this in notes. Great guy. So, one of uh, Isaac's favorite dishes is Kung Pao. No, General Cho's chicken, which is a weird dish to make for a Top Chef challenge.
0: Yeah, was he the one who made a dish and fried rice? Like they should be one dish. Uh, let's
2: see here. I have my uh, as I um, <clears throat> as I wrote in my notes that I have now taken back out of the show notes document. Uh, Jer- I, just, I wrote down uh, Jeremy made a crab. Marjorie uh, broke the lobster uh, over uh, uh, her knee like Bane. Uh,
0: Carl. <laughs> Car- <laughs> <laughs> Carl made. She makes the lobster sit in a cell and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Carl you, made... You see the capering of lobsters in your
2: kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Carl made uh, lobsters and scallops. Oh, Amar made the chop suey and the fried rice.
0: Yeah, big mistake. That's two different dishes.
2: Um, Let's see. Isaac <laughs> made a fried General Tso's chicken, and, and Kwame, I, I wrote down... I mean, this really reads like one of your dream notes. I just wrote down, Kwame, something with the oil. Mm. And then I wrote down, take the heat, goodbye. I think that was... uh. uh Yan's uh, final words. Take the heat. It's like, Goodbye.
0: Mm-hmm, it's like an ancient bird.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's quite a character. So it's, I have a question: is, cho- is chop suey a regional thing that you see a lot in San Francisco, or is it more of an old-fashioned, uh, uh, like Chinese food thing? Because I know my my grandpa would, oh, he would. whenever we'd get Chinese food, he'd never call it Chinese food. He would always call it chop suey.
0: Chop suey, as I understand it, is a completely made-up thing. It's a totally made-up San Francisco dish that just was like i guess it was served to chinese people but it was just a, whatever was left over mixed up in a big bowl i think with like egg on it but no chop suey is beyond like not chinese it's it's a totally made up uh, american dish and the chop suey i had as a kid was from chungking and it came out of a can you had you had a can there were like two uh, like conjoined twins you have you, you have a big can of, of the main chop suey part and you'd have like uh, like bean sprouts in a separate can two it was a two can <laughs> Situation: <laughs> the two can, two cans were they situation. packaged together like an ancient bird? Yeah, and they'd have a little piece of like adhesive that held the cans together. Wow! So I think I think they put the sprouts in a separate can to keep them fresh. Wow!
2: What a technology!
0: Chop suey. Edition, is uh, is anyone Chinese... watching the the,
2: the the Michael Pollan show? Do you guys know about that whole situation? It yet, but... It's uh, it's uh, it's Alex Gibney. It's very good. It's uh, the documentary guy. Yeah, that we... The
0: guy from Max Machina. Who am I thinking of? Alex Garland. Alex, Alex Chilton. I who think am you're I think thinking of, of uh, the friend from *Curb uh, Your Enthusiasm*. Oh, right, Jeff, uh, Jeff Daniels. who uh, was in that uh, movie with uh, was it Jim Carrey movie? Yeah, the Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 Leviathan. That's the one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was good in that.
2: No uh, oh, uh, it's, uh, it's Alex Gibney How much worked... longer is
0: this season How much further do we have to When can we just
2: talk about other stuff that we have to keep I think there's this There's, there's uh, five people left uh, But uh, the, This uh. is pertinent It's about food It's uh, the documentary on Netflix You guys should watch also, it Oh Michael, so Michael Pollan Oh you, you, you're doing it
0: wrong Go buy a cow oh. Share a cow Yeah Eat, eat, uh, 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 eat, uh, eat
2: real food Yeah
0: <laughs> Why don't you walk next door To the Whole Foods in Berkeley Like I do <laughs> Shut up <laughs> Uh no it's
2: uh it's very good. It's a it's a really really good documentary. It's a uh, four four it's just four episodes and each one goes over a different <laughs> cooking technique and sort of it's about sort of the history of cooking, which is kind of cool, but the history of cooking in the sense of like how did humans evolve to cook food? It's That it, sounds really cool. It's very good and it's made by uh Alex Gibney is the Am I right? Can you what He did, he he made? He did I uh, that name.
1: Alex Gibney has uh made every documentary ever uh including the first documentary I saw as a child Enron uh, I don't know why <laughs> Me one. too. is one of my
2: favorite. Yeah. No, it is. It is It is by Alex Gibney. <laughs> he
0: did uh, Going Clear. He did Going Clear.
2: Yep. He did the Steve Jobs documentary. That was meh. Oh, it's terrible. Meh. Oh, he did the Wikipedia one too. Wow. Um, but he, my favorite. I actually, I think Alex and I both agree. Are was well, that so? Your favorite of his films, the Enron.
1: Um, I really liked Going Clear a lot, but Enron mm-hmm. as like just a a. Film, Mm -hmm. like, objectively, I think Enron, uh, Smartest Guys in the Room is his best film. It's
2: one of my all-time favorite documentaries, and what I like about the Enron, Smartest Guys in the Room is it has a really good narrative structure that you don't, that is very hard to get in a documentary, and I felt like Going Clear was, like, more, it had more... Crazy, you know, revelations about Scientology in it, but it was not sort of narratively. Right, right,
1: right. It was just entertaining. Yeah, like it was very, very entertaining. Yeah. and it, it went on. I cannot on too believe long, how many
2: it... movies he's done. This is insane. He, he's a yeah. prolific documentary maker, and uh, <laughs> I've seen like six of these movies. I, I definitely. Uh, I think it's. I believe it's on Netflix. And if uh, if any of our listeners have not seen uh, Enron's Smartest Guys in the Room, uh, I, I really you forget how crazy the Enron story is and how. Big of a company they were, and how respected they were. I mean, they were a big, huge deal company, and it was all just a total sham. Crazy. Did you Did you see The Big Short? Love The Big Short. Loved it. Mm, you guys. That was good. You, oh, we all agree on The Big Short. Yes. Okay. Very good. All right. Finally, common Ground. I'm also
0: going to put in notes the thing that became the first episode of Planet Money, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's episode 355 of This American Life, the giant pool of money. One of the greatest things ever because it. So lucidly explains and of course um Alex Goldblum. Uh Alex Bloomberg. That his name? Alex Bloomberg, Adam Adam Bloomberg, who am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Rat the, uh, the King uh, of Jewish of podcasters. <clears throat> he um he basically was, a, he was an advisor on the big short. Yes. The guy who started uh Planet Money. But this this explains uh so much that I this is the first story I heard about the meltdown that I felt like I could understand. I still didn't completely understand it, but basically explaining the need to create these new investment instruments out of these you know bad mortgages and just going from like people who did not people who are like first you got to prove your income and employment and then you just got to prove your income and then you don't have to prove anything Mm -hmm. and they would just give you like a five-figure loan for a house Mm. take
2: the heat goodbye (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let's see here uh uh carl's uh, lobster and scallop uh, abomination was on the bottom isaac's uh, fried chicken so's was on the bottom and kwame something with the oil was on the bottom and then uh, marjorie's lobster won everyone else was on the top and marjorie's lobster one.
0: boy with the crappy btus we get in our kitchen i was really i was salivating at those walks i wouldn't want to cook that hot all the time but boy it'd be so great to be able to get the kind of sear that you get out of that i mean were they You exagger- have you worked with Temperatures that hot before when you're cooking? Uh,
2: I have I so I have worked uh, so my my friend uh, Abe has a restaurant in Chicago. My favorite restaurant is called Fat Rice, and it is uh, Macanese food, but they have a uh, uh, so it's sort of uh, uh, kind of like Chinese uh, Portuguese uh, street food, and uh, they have a wok station in the kitchen. And I've um, uh, worked the wok station in the kitchen a few times, and it is a crazy hot situation it's a lot of btus it's a big fire and things cook really really quickly
0: oh it's just it seems like it'd be very easy like without exaggerating for effect on tv it seems like it would be very easy for that to become unmanageable faster than you could do anything about it
2: the it, it is one of those things of like watch the difference between me doing it and watching someone who works the walk station do it is pretty incredible like it's a lot of um muscle memory and knowing the little tricks to prevent, you know, a grease fire from flaring up or prevent things from burning, knowing like exactly, it really is like down to just the second. Um, And, uh, but the advantage is uh, things, it gets really hot. Things heat cook really quickly. And uh, uh, you get, uh, uh, things get like really crisp and fresh in the wok because they're, uh, uh, they sear really quickly. And you just like any sort of like water that's, uh, you know, in a vegetable or something is just immediately boiled off.
1: I have a question for you guys, uh, because Amar, I think it was was both Isaac and Amar said, they're like, oh, I've never cooked with a wok before. But how do you go on Top Chef without ever using a wok? There's always a wok challenge, like, do do you think they have them say that just to be like, to emphasize just how hard it is to use one? Because I I actually have, weirdly enough.
0: I know people. I know people that are like in college. That's the only pan they own. Is a wok. I don't, like, but it's
2: it's not the pan because I think a lot of people have used a wok, but it's oh I it, see it's, point. it's it's the the pan is the pan. I mean that's not that big of a deal. It's the, it's the, a wok is a technique. It's like a, the set of tools that you use, like the little shovel tool that you use with it and the brush that you use to like brush the oil out of. It's like, you have to be really good with those tools and it's the technique with it because the heat is so high. It really is like 10 times higher than, um, than what you would see in a, even a normal kitchen burner, which is even hotter than what you have uh, in your house. Very hot. Take the heat. Trust. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> maybe that's my new catchphrase i've always thought that it'd be cool to have a, uh, a catchphrase that I, I could would, say. You,
0: you know that's a great catchphrase i would not there's a, a couple of moments where I, was like, I would not be surprised if that guy was cgi <laughs> <laughs> so 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 what you're saying they is they shoot all these things for real but then they composite it together to make it look real. what
2: you're saying is he reads uh all of the winners and then when they know who wins they just play that clip
0: uh exactly it's like that episode of columbo same thing right wow very hot the walk
2: um, well, let's see, uh, as we all know, San Francisco is a town where VCs abound and innovation is at the forefront.
0: <laughs> oh. He wore his own shirt, guys. He, he, he was that guy. He had a Gamergate hat and he was wearing his own shirt. Well, wait, what was the Gamergate hat? You know, the Professor Actually hat. The, like, the little, uh, little, it's not... I totally so, missed actually, this. at the end he wears a, I don't know if it's a fedora or a tribly, oh, but he wears yes, one he, of those. Oh, yes, he, did. Oh, game. the, the yeah. uh, m'lady hat. Yep. That's going to be my seduction community <laughs> name, <show> Toby Fedora. <laughs> Ladies. Uh, my lady. <laughs> I suppose you notice I'm wearing this very large ring he, to get your attention. He, uh... Seduction community
2: college. He, he, he wore he wore his uh, <clears throat> finest fedora to impress Padma. Mmm.
0: Mmm. <laughs> he threw his drink on her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Should have written the satanic verses. That would have done the trick. Oh, <laughs>
0: Hey, you uh, get you get a, a demi ding for that one. All right, uh,
2: one. So the challenge was they had to make one dish for a fast casual concept for 150 diners and quote potential investors. And I don't know what that qualifies you as a potential B- based investor. Based on
0: how weird Tom got about this and what's his name not understanding the challenge, I, like what is? It? Give me an example of what it is there supposed to replicate is, is it supposed it's not a food truck exactly so 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 a the pop-up the, restaurant is that what it
2: is so the cool thing in fast food right now is not um uh f- like fast food like like a mcdonald's where it's like a, a drive through model and it's like this like very standardized food but it's like fast casual so like have you been to an umami burger it's pr- a pretty good example so umami burger is a good example chipotle is a good example um I think of like I know there's there's a ton of these like Pop, noodles and company. Noodles and Company, Pop Ellies is a good example. We have one in Chicago called Naf Naf that I really like. That's like a pita place. That's a good example, but it's sort of a one notch up from fast food. Um, there is some assembly or cooking that happens on the premises. I get it, and okay. you're in and out quickly. Like you're not waiting to get in. It's not there's you, it, there's not even necessarily always a server. Sometimes you like so order a, lim- the a limited
0: number of options, but there's a little bit of artisanal. They, they put it together on the spot for you, right? And you and okay.
2: and I think also like implicit with that is like, uh, or at least it seems to be that I don't know if it's part of the genre or if it's just what's popular right now. But having like a few focused options, like Chipotle, is good. I think Chipotle is good because they, they have a very small menu and all of the options are pretty good. Like they the, the all of the sauces are good, like all of the proteins they have are good and you kind of can't screw it up. You can sort of build your own, you know, burrito bowl and, and uh, uh, it's equally good or bad depending on whether you like Chipotle or not. Okay. All right, so anyway, so basically they had to come up with a dish for a fast casual concept. So like think of like their own twist on like a Chipotle type model and uh, then they had to, List out what the rest of the menu would be to sort of further develop the concept, but they only had to cook that one dish.
0: Which I think was an interesting idea.
2: I liked it. Yeah. I felt like, so I felt like where where it was good was like, I mean, basically it it mitigated against people doing what Kwame did, which is one trendy dish that couldn't really scale up to a restaurant. Like his whole concept was like, well, we'd have different waffles, but I don't, I really don't know that that, that that idea sort of cut it in the same way that other people's did.
0: Right. But I, I, I like the idea that they didn't have to, like, prototype all of that. That would have been way too much. Right. But, but to still show some of the ambition and planning about what you would do to make this a, a viable real-world thing. I thought that was good.
2: Totally. Um, so let's see. So Marjorie, because she won the uh, quick fire with her uh, lobster, she got to pick her sous chef from all—I think it was all of the eliminated contestants— and I think that's...
1: No.
0: Is, is that right? Uh, Where they was, weren't all there?
1: It was just... Um, I, I'm not sure how they choose them, but... Oh, because
0: was, LSP wasn't there. Right. Um, Francis wasn't there. Grayson wasn't there. Yeah, but... Who was the first
2: guy who was eliminated? Uh, Wesley? No, no, not Wesley. Uh,
0: uh, the, the, I f- think it was... You know what? I think it
2: was... The first tingling. He wasn't uh, there. The, the guy well, The guy who had the philosophy quotes?
0: I don't know. Well, no, I think it was the most recently. So basically, Karen Phillip chad jason wesley that's right angelina so going backwards the most recently that's right uh voted off the island people uh that matched the number of current contestants that's yes? that's exactly right okay that okay. makes a lot of sense
2: so marjorie picks angelina um I think that proved to be a good choice. And I guess they. That was was interesting. They worked. I guess they worked well together. And like Angelina wasn't a bad cook. I think she was just. Didn't you expect her to pick Karen? My whole household thought she'd pick Karen. So, yeah, I, I thought for sure she would pick Karen, but I guess she just. I don't know she's I guess I guess it maybe it's a little different if you're picking a a head chef for yourself you know if you're like this is like a a person who's equal to me versus this is someone who's a good sous chef who can work under me and execute my food and I think maybe she looked at Angelina and she's like Angelina is is fast and technically proficient and takes direction well that's a very different skill set than Karen who's like an equally good chef. Um, she gave Jason to Jeremy because, you know, bro and not bro thought there would be some conflict there and they seem to get along. Okay. She, uh, Carl, uh, got Chad. Chad was the one who joined the Navy after 9-11 because he quote, <laughs> wanted to kick whoever's ass did whatever they did to us after
1: 9-11.
2: Um, Amar got paired with Karen. Also a weird, I wonder, cause Amar is one of the strongest contestants and
0: so is Karen. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that. It did not. She was not, it was not the usual like, s- well, first of all, these are almost all like really good people. So it's not, you know, she was having a little fun with the personality stuff, but she wasn't doing anything too stunt casty. But it was it was kind of funny how with maybe the exception of the first person, every single time they were about to announce who it was, they cut away to the talking head of them going, please, anybody. But Philip. <laughs> anybody <but Philip.
2: laughs> Boy, it did not. It really didn't bleed through when Philip was on the show that everybody did, hated Philip. I did. I did, did not get a sense. Of, I mean, I, I felt like he was being set up that way in the way he was edited for the viewers. But, um, man, was it really apparent in, in this selection that nobody wanted to work with Philip. Right.
1: I wonder how many times he showed them his tattoo. Like now, I'm just thinking about all the things they had to cut out. Oh, imagine I, I, living
2: in a house oh, with that God. guy.
0: Ugh.
2: Uh, so let's see. Uh, Wesley, messy Wesley, got put with uh, Isaac uh, and uh, Kwame. Uh, of course, got. And they make
0: up. they make Cajun noises together.
2: They, there was a lot of uh, yes, boy, I-,
0: I agree. Yes,
2: Isaac was in uh, rare form this week. A lot of yelling. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, before we get into the elimination challenge, let's do our sponsor break. So, our sponsor this week, for this episode of uh, Top Scallops, uh, and uh, for every episode of Top Scallops, is our friend, uh, our friends at uh, Backblaze. Backblaze is the unlimited, unthrottled backup solution for your Mac or PC. Uh, at this point, if you're listening to the show, you probably know that we feel very strongly about Backblaze. Uh, I, they were uh, they sponsored uh, Merlin's episode of the talk show, and uh, of course, John, who I think is. Uh, gotten so, so good at the ad reads. He really had like the best comment. He's about come this. a long way. <laughs> he really, he definitely wins most improved. Uh, but uh, he had a great, uh, a, a great um, a message about Backblaze. He's like, this is one of the sponsors that I hope eventually they're not a sponsor anymore because they don't have to advertise because everybody has Backblaze and they can't get any more customers. And I really feel the same way of like, this is something 100% of people should be using. Uh, it just silently backs up uh, all of your data in the uh, cloud. So you never have to think about it. Um, as you know, San Francisco is a town where VCs abound and innovation is at the forefront. And uh, Merlin, would you say that Backblaze is uh, used in San
0: Francisco? Oh, it's all over the place. It's really the chop suey of backup. It's it's very it's widely deployed and it's it's got a nice finish to it.
2: Uh, not only um, uh, does it come with uh, Merlin's uh, sterling chop suey endorsement. Uh, the MacArthur Genius Grant of uh, of uh, Backup Awards, but it also uh, we got to talk with our friend Yev at Backblaze, and I asked him some questions that I forgot <laughs> what they were because it was nearly a month ago. Uh, so I saw um, one of my favorite features of uh, Backblaze is that if you if something goes catastrophically wrong, you know if you lose your computer, it's stolen, someone spills something on it, you can actually have Backblaze send you a hard drive of all of your data on it, and you can do like a restore from backup. And I saw recently that there were some changes. To how that whole procedure works, can you talk us through that?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. So the Restore by Mail program has been super popular. Um, it's only grown in popularity uh, over the years since we've uh, started offering it. And basically, if you have a catastrophic failure, um, it, let me back up. Like normally, people use Backblaze to back or to download like one or two files that they may have forgotten or don't have access to. And we have like uh, Android and iOS apps where they can download one or two files um, as well. Uh, but if you have like a larger problem, like if an external hard drive catches fire or your laptop gets stolen or whatever, you know whatever happens, uh, you can request a hard drive from us with all of your data on it. So you buy the hard drive. Um, it's up to a four, It's a, up to a four terabyte hard drive for one hundred and eighty nine bucks, and we put all your data on it or all the data that you select, and then we overnight you the drive. Um, so you can you can also encrypt the drive so it's encrypted during transit. Um, which which is kind of nice. And recently, um, we announced that that'll be now free if you return the hard drive within 30 days. Wow. So we never want to feel like we're holding your data hostage. Uh, that, that has always kind of rubbed us the wrong way, and we haven't been able to figure out a, a financially feasible way to offer something like this until just now where um, hard drive prices have gotten uh, relatively inexpensive, and the service now finally makes sense for us to offer it this way. Uh, so basically how it works is you'll order a restore ML drive. Um, you'll, get the, you'll get the hard drive with all your data on it. And then you can choose to keep the drive, in which case we'll keep the $189. bucks. that will be the cost of the drive plus the labor to get it to you and the, the shipping. Everything's included in that cost. Um, or if you want to send it back to us within 30 days like via you know, the slowest mail carrier, um, we'll take the hard drive back, we'll refund you your 189 bucks, and then we'll wipe the hard drive and then uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to reuse it uh, to send other restores. All right. <laughs>
0: you, said Bla- you said Black Blaze, too. <laughs>
2: Black Blaze. It's all right. Thanks, they Black own Blaise. it. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, all right. Our thanks to uh, Backblaze for sponsoring Top Scalps. Of course, they do endorse all of my uh, comments about films and media, my um, very popular <laughs> opinions. And uh, for listeners of the Top Scallops podcast, uh, our friends at Backblaze are offering a free trial at backblaze.com slash scallops. Thanks, Backblaze.
1: It runs with a native client. It doesn't require Java.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does that sound even vaguely like Bane? No. Okay. He's
2: more... He's more. He's more. He's more
0: Sean Connery. Connery
2: he's. He's say. very relaxed. Yeah, that's what's creepy about Bane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's that I just
2: made. Uh, Have you seen the Bain uh, uh, lip dub thing with the with the uh, where he's like yelling at his underlings about their diets? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, let me see if I can find this.
0: Ah, I used to like this show. This is a, it's crazy. No, I used to really enjoy this, and I just, I just, it's, it's really taken the life out of me. All
2: right, let's 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 listen to a, a, a second of this uh, Bane outtakes uh, YouTube uh, compilation. I th- let's see if this is still funny uh, five years after this movie came out.
1: Bagel and cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and what
3: did you eat? A frowny
2: biscuit oh it's still funny all right i'll put this in the show notes it's so good all right wait a minute where's our show notes show notes links pan man
0: there we go Pan man
2: all right uh so what do you how do you want how do you want to go through this elimination challenge i wrote down all Uh, of the 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 restaurant names
0: yeah Oh yeah, right, right, right. So I thought some of those were pretty clever.
2: So so let's the best one is Amars who was uh POPO which was what they would call chicken when he was a kid. Right. It's it's a great name. Like it's fun to say, it sounds it's memorable. It it tells you you know that it's uh what 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 was it? It was it was Puerto Rican chicken mm-hmm. was that what it is that what the it was uh, genre Dominican was? Dominican yeah so it tells you the locale like it's a I guess not that well because I couldn't remember it but
0: <laughs> close enough Pio was also a guy who had stigmata was that the uh, the uncle from Breaking Bad mm-hmm oh no, no I think I think of Uncle oh. Junior Pio of Pietrelcina. when I was a kid I would see photos of him he had stigmata he had a, he spontaneously had wounds that emulated the wounds of Christ <laughs> Which is a pretty good name For a chicken restaurant
2: Uh, It's what you want to think of When you think chicken Um. All right Jeremy was uh, Taco Dudes Where they (laughs) they made funky cool tacos You take the name of the food And add dudes That's very clever Uh, (laughs) Boy was that a a troubled concept Kwame uh, His was (laughs) called Waffle Me Because you could get the waffle How you wanted
0: Like my waffle Waffle Me
1: Oh, okay. Now I understand.
0: Uh, Isaac, there's, there's a place here called Lobster Me, and uh, in the mall here, where the mall where his restaurant is, uh, and it's down in the food court level. But I, I, I might be overreading this, but I think that one's very clever because I think it's also a play on Massachusetts, Lobster Me.
1: Uh what Lobster wait, Me? Do you mean Maine? To- yeah oh you said massachusetts i was confused oh i'm sorry okay.
0: let me start over oh my god <laughs> i've never been more confused in my life no,
1: because lobster cut all that out meat, never mind cut it out lobster Maine uh, cousin I, I, lobster I, you barbara know what corcoran. i, miss, I misspoke. Anyway. it's still
0: barbara corcoran you still go back you yep. get padre pio go ahead
1: <laughs> well
0: he, also i cut myself yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. i cut myself <laughs> uh that's how I cut myself. What ha- no? What you know, happened? I- what happened? Oh no! It's, it's really bad. Uh, I bought a fifty-nine dollar flashlight, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a really nice flashlight, mm-hmm. and, and I brought it home, and I cut myself on the on the threads for we unscrewed the thing. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that feels like? I'm there in front of my daughter. I cut myself on a flashlight.
2: I was shaving the other day, and I cut myself. I was shaving quickly, and I cut myself on the fleshy bridge on the under bridge of my nose on the side of my nostril and it's like a paper cut on the side of my nostril it's i think it's the most painful injury i've ever had in my life oh that's it's a little it's a little nick but it's right where you don't want it which is right on the fleshy side webbing of your nostril
0: oh i'm so sorry not a
2: good place for a cut it's not what you want a lot of lumens. All
0: right. So anyway, you were saying, Padre P. Uh,
2: one of my favorite things about San Francisco, which, as you know, is a town where VC's abound and innovation is at the forefront, was when the guy who made uh, FlipCam, I think, and sold FlipCam, uh, he took all that money and he was doing like a stealth startup. And I remember there was like a lot of speculation, is like, "Ooh, what's this guy doing?" It's like some successor to the FlipCam, and he's going like, to take on GoPro. And he was working on this thing forever. There's a lot of excitement about it. And then he finally announced that it was a VC-backed chain of grilled cheese restaurants where you order on your phone.
0: <laughs> oh, you're kidding. I'm pretty sure. Sh- Is it the one that was on Shark Tank? I'm pretty sure. I Oh, was there a grilled cheese on Shark Tank? Oh, my God. They've been updated. Some, no, probably not. It's one where they have tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. Tom and Chi. Um.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. CNN from 2011. Flip camera inventor turns to high-tech grilled cheese. I love cheese. my flip camera. All my best photos or videos of my kid
0: were with the flip. I love that. It was a, yeah. Flip
2: camera was a great product. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was the last good video thing that wasn't a smartphone. Uh, anyway, I think that folded. I don't know. I see a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Fortune magazine from 2014. Flip camera founders. Next act. Cheeseburgers?
0: Question mark. <laughs> no, is this the umami guy?
2: No, it's not the umami guy. Oh, okay. I, don't think it's the, I don't think it's the umami guy. That would be a crazy twist. John Kaplan. Mm. Um, yeah crazy that was a big moment to me of I was like oh I get it this whole culture is uh, insane of like you can just get tons of VC money for a grilled cheese restaurant where you order on your iPhone Um, so let's see what else here we have uh, Isaac's Place Gumbo for Y'all Carl's Mediterranean Place Savory Med horrible name but uh, definitely looked like the best restaurant and uh, Marjorie's Place Pasta Mama which I was a little I was very skeptical about that whole concept from top to bottom but man it looked like she did a very good job with it. it made me very hungry for pasta
0: yeah and and oh boy one of my one of my favorite moments of, of the season of maybe of the of the show uh I, and who knows how clever this was but it seems pretty clever to use a fryer to boil water you're probably going to ruin the fryer but how great was that
2: i i I couldn't have loved that more. That's what I watched Top Chef for is, like, yes. that really smart – that is an example of someone, you know th- – that's like Martian – you know how you were talking about Martian thinking earlier, like, like the guy in The Martian,
0: mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, here's what, what I have. What do we got? What can we do? Yeah, with
2: let's, it? let's do the math. And that was, like, Martian thinking and totally saved that execution.
0: Yeah, a lot of work to make all that p- pasta. I mean, it's, she does a lot of stuff the hard way. I really – she just continues to really impress me.
2: Um I mean she's my new she's I think she's the only person left who I I'm like actively rooting for to win. Like this season's going to be a real bummer for me if she goes home because I there's no one left who I'm like pulling for all the way.
0: I like I like Carl. I mean I like I like like Isaac and Amara's people, but I mean to me she's she's the clear my clear favorite.
2: Was uh, was the guy was Adam Fleischman? Is that right? The Omami Burger guy? That sounds right. Uh my favorite quote of the episode was um when he uh walked up to Jeremy and he looked at the sign that said Taco Dudes and he says how'd you come up with the name Taco Dudes <laughs> mm. he looks like if Jeff
0: Garland uh, had a baby with a human thumb
2: did uh okay at the Oscars last night when Pete Doctor went to uh, accept for um <laughs> Pete Doctor who was Out, a muppet
0: <laughs> who was a muppet Pete, he looks like the blue monstar from Space Jam <laughs> <laughs> i saw him in the background at the on the red carpet thing and i was like who is that is that beaker like who is that heck there uh he's adorable he he looks like the guy who
2: travels with uh L'Oxana troy on uh, star trek next generation her like creepy <laughs> uh, uh handmaiden uh guy's a genius but uh uh kind of looks like a monster a, a mon mm. a star from uh, Space Not a monster
0: that would be mean mm. this is all going to be edited out right one day, you just started having stigmata. Can you imagine that? You wake up one day, you start having stigmata. It's crazy. Bodily marks, pain. Your hands just have holes in them one day. Can you imagine that? You're sitting around trying to get stuff done. You go, holy shit, I got holes in my hand. This sucks. It, it, the, it, is, this, is this real? Oh, it's in the notes. Go look at Pio. <laughs> go look up Padre Pio. Okay. All right. Stigmata, it's real.
1: Are, are you not familiar with stigmata? I, I
2: I am. It doesn't seem like it's possible. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, it seems like... The kind of thing where the more logical solution is the guy stabbed himself in the hand.
0: Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, look, stigmata. Did he have the sword wound, too? I think that's the one a lot of people kind of just see. I don't think he had the sword wound.
1: No, that takes, that, that's that got to take that's dedication. Commitment. Yeah. You, you really, <laughs> you really want sainthood if you slash your sides open.
0: Oh, <laughs> ah, I'm so pain. Oh, my goodness. St. Thomas, stick a hand in my wound. Uh. <clears throat> so, uh, Top Chef, I'm so sorry. I, I um, should have eaten. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Kwame, um, uh, you know what? Kwame That's Kwame realized early on that he had made a mistake, and well, we have he to said, talk about it at some point. He
2: said in the grocery store as they were doing their shopping. Which, by the way, now that did you guys notice? Now that they're out of L. A., they clear the grocery store again. Yep. Interesting. I think I think this my theory is uh, is born out here. But uh, I also did notice. On uh, I was looking at uh, Philip's hand in this cha- in this challenge, and he did not appear to have any sort of dressing, wound dressing on his hand. So oh, good detective it work! It did seem to indicate that the Last Chance Kitchen was filmed after this episode. Um, let's see. Uh, so also because didn't they probably wouldn't you
0: think they would shoot Last Chance Kitchen in L.A.
2: Prob- that I'm guessing they they shot it in Vegas so that when it, and they shot it back to back to back to back so that when they're done. Uh, the winner walks right out on set, and they're in Vegas. I get it. Yeah, smart. That's panel. what I'm thinking. So I think I think Kwame was in the grocery store. I man, he just lost. He's really lost a lot of steam. Like I think this. Sh- I think he's just kind of beaten down, and it kind of seems like he just stopped giving a fuck about this show. But he was like, I don't have a waffle recipe. So and rather than revisit my concept of making chicken and waffles, where waffles is half of the food that I'm making, we're gonna it's buy so these crazy. frozen waffles. Like it, you, you have to know. I know if you know anything about Top Chef or anything about cooking shows in general, like just don't buy the frozen processed food. Like you're going to it's like you're like it's like
0: it's like giving the judges the obvious thing to come after you for. I I would have any other season. I would have thought that a lot. But now having watched a lot of Gordon Ramsay shows, I mean, it's, it's comical how often he completely loses his shit over a restaurant that serves anything frozen. Especially a place like an Italian place that serves like frozen ravioli. He loses his mind. It's it is actually comical. And on this show it's the same way where like people have been ding for a whole lot less. Like less smart people have gotten dinged for you know buying like a like a sauce or something like that or you know or having pasta classically I think you know one that's a little on the edge is like did you make this pasta yourself but like that's it's it,
2: I think he, I think he fell on his sword but it all it depends I think I think to defend top chef a little bit. I think it depends on the context because it's like if pasta is a small component of your dish, I think it's okay to buy it. If it's like, you know, just one little piece or it's like a giant catering challenge where you know, you need to make food for thousands of people or whatever. But in this case, you know, for Marjorie, for example, the pasta was the dish. So if she didn't make it, she would have been in trouble. And for Kwame, the waffles were the dish. It was it was there were so many things wrong with it including that his Statement that you were going to buy forty waffles for your office is just cr- totally bonkers to me. But yeah. uh, uh, and these tiny little you know amuse amuse bushes of like waffles that people are going to eat, I, I, I just it's just not a good idea. But the waffle is half of the dish; like it has to be good.
0: Yeah. No, you that, you put it very well. If it's one of the primary components of of what you're making, if it's in the name of the dish, right, you probably should. Make if
2: it's it. the right. and, you better <laughs> right. make it. Right. Um, all right. Let's see here. So yeah, I wrote down that Kwame just seems to. Uh, he seems to have. He seems to have checked out uh, sort of emotionally, and I, I've been there in, in competitions or, or things that were that I cared about a lot, but they were really hard. Of like, you start to remember how good it feels not to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, then you're really in trouble. Uh, Isaac uh, had a gallon of jumbo, a, a gallon of gumbo, jumbo gumbo. Carl's. You
0: know, something else just occurred to me in passing. Yes. Now you've really got me thinking about the criminology of how they put this show together through the season yes. with, you know, Last Chance and the finals. But it's interesting that they do always say, I mean, I know this is just part of the, of the bit, is they say, pack your knives and go home. And they keep talking about going home. Like, they, the, the, it's, been a, it's a beat, like, all through the show, I miss my family. I need to go home right it's, when you say I mean that that's always the way they, they talk about like literally I want to go home yeah but in the conceit of the show they don't go home that's right in the conceit of the show which I, I think we can all admit it would be a bit of a stretch in the conceit of the show you you go over to this next studio for Last Chance Kitchen and stay there but but also <laughs> for, in the for, conceit for of the show
2: this is all happening now like every week there's one challenge and it's this week's challenge and next week there's next week's challenge and it ends when it ends right um which is obviously not the case. So, I'm guessing what happens is you always kn- you know after they pick their finalists, um, which I think they maybe indicated that last week is or n- I'm sorry next week is the
0: last week of regular Top Chef, and then they go to Vegas. Oh, it'll be that wonderful week when they incorrectly use the word double elimination. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really it sets me on edge every time. Um, That's not what penultimate means. <laughs> That's not what epicenter means. That's not what double elimination means. Uh, what's, well, it's, uh, two eliminations. <laughs> Double elimination in the world of reality shows means we send two people. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, two people or, or, uh, uh, two people or less. Oh, is that right? Two people or fewer? You, it's like a, like a supermarket Yeah, line? that's what I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it usually, and I think in competitions, it usually means you have to lose twice. Right. Yes. Is, am I, I, I know you're, cr- you're, you're taking the piss, but isn't that what it actually that means? That is actually what it means. Okay. Yes. Double
2: elimination. Uh, so six year old cat <laughs> so I think uh <laughs> I think they I think what happens is like after they they finish filming the regular season before the finale, the chefs go home and they re- recuperate for three weeks a month, something like that.
1: It's usually two months,
2: two months, right, yeah, and they come yeah. back and they have like they've like lost weight and they have different mm-hmm. facial hair configurations, and they like look tanned and they look good. Um, it's a big change. Like it's very clear that there's passage of time, and I... Francis's hair color was
0: impossibly different for that to be anywhere near the continuity. Yeah.
2: So I'm guessing when you get eliminated from Top Chef, you actually do go home for whatever those two three months, and then the whole cast is contractually required to come back to Vegas. They shoot Last Chance Kitchen, right? Uh, and then the winner of Last Chance Kitchen walks out of the sound stage for Last Chance Kitchen. Onto the set of Top Chef because they have done that gimmick a number of times where the person literally walks out the doors of Top Chef kitchen, the winner, and into the set of the show.
1: But they do—they don't go ho- Get to go home until the uh, show is over. Like they—they they get to go to their own hotel room and like you know call their families. But uh, you don't get to go home until like the end of the regular. Uh, You're challenges. kidding. No, that's that's like just a reality show thing.
0: Yeah. For 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 keeping um secrecy. Right, yeah. Wow, I I did not know that. Yeah.
2: Oh, right, because that's right. If if the public sees like Philip working at one of his oh, restaurants, right. that yeah. totally makes they sense. know he didn't win. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so let's see. Uh uh this week uh Jeremy's uh ta- funky cool tacos, the taco dudes in the bottom, uh mm. as well as uh, Kwame uh, I was really hoping Jeremy would bite it, just based on how poor his concept was. But his execution mm-hmm.
0: was uh, a, a little bit better, so Kwame went home. Carl's Lamb thing. I mean, I liked his concept. His restaurant sounded like the best idea, but just the uh, the aesthetics of his dish in that little paper thing. It, it just it kind of looked gross. It looked like something you would put something else on top of.
2: Ooh, I I don't agree. I that was that was uh, that I I would have. I mean. I don't, think it was, uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, I wouldn't, it was not going to win any uh, Instagram awards
0: for uh, best, uh, best,
2: <laughs> best plating, um, best. Uh, I guess I would have put it in a
0: bowl and less of this like plate like bowl. Like he, It's in like basically a French fry.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah. It was a little, that was a little weird, but like I would, if I had to pick one of these to have for lunch right now, like I'd go for the, for Carl's thing. It looks healthy and filling and, yeah. and
0: spicy. I, the, I think I'd have the gumbo uh or the the spaghetti i have to say i spaghetti is rarely something that i will get out um cuz it, it really is so easy to make and have it be pretty good at home but like i i i thought her spaghetti looked really impressive
2: it, yeah looked great and uh i i would just say like the 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 i would specifically go out of my way if if that mediterranean place was like in the neighborhood I would definitely go out of my way to get that. Like, I would, it wouldn't just be like, I'm going to go to the closest place for lunch or get the quickest thing. Like, I, I specifically want that because it's the only place I can get it. Whereas there's already a million places to get pasta or oh, funky cool true. tacos. Um, so, yeah, Kwame went home. Uh, last Chance uh, Kitchen uh, it was kind of a frozen waffle saw challenge uh, where they had to make breakfast in 15 minutes.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Still, lots, lots of fun capering and running
2: around. Yeah, it was
0: a good Still fun. It was a good one. And uh, so. Um, LSP had quite an outfit this week. <laughs> uh, Did you notice that? Mm, she had like Daisy Duke shorts and cowboy boots.
2: I never notice anything about the people in the audience, they're always doing something obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So. Um,
1: Philip was just standing up the entire time for some reason. <laughs> Everyone else was sitting, not Philip
2: uh Kwame made uh eggs bougie and uh Jason made uh, migas and I will say those migas looked so good I'm I I want to find or make that that looked that is one of the best looking dishes of the whole season I think
0: migas how do you spell that
2: uh, <laughs> I spelled it in my notes m-i-g-a-s okay but you know I wrote this uh uh hyperextending my uh thumbs on the iPad Pro at uh, two in the morning. Migas.
0: Oh, like Migas. Migas it.
2: is it's a Spanish dish and it's sort of breadcrumbs. It's like leftover bread that's it's sort of it's sort of a chilaquiles, but uh with like uh crispy crispy bread crumbs and and st- mm. but then it's just stuff. It's like the it's like scrambled eggs and stuff. I love stuff in a breakfast.
0: Give me the stuff. Oh, I love stuff. You know? I love stuff. Yeah, Trisha Yearwood <clears throat> was on uh, Wait, Wait this week talking about the uh, She has a cookbook, talking about Garth Brooks, Brooks' like, recipe. Did you hear that this week? What he makes for breakfast? No. He just makes a bowl of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was incredibly appealing to me. You start out with like a like tater tots on the bottom and then you put eggs and ham and everything and just you just make this just big, just, <clears throat> just giant bowl of breakfast. I was like, I would be so in. Like drop a sunny side up egg on top of that. I am good to go.
2: Yeah. No, I love uh, that's a great breakfast. A bowl of stuff. Oh. love it. I mean, you can really if you have the right configuration of some sort of crispy potato and egg, you could really have <sighs> any stuff. That's what's great about breakfast.
0: Uh, oh, it's the best. Well, there's a place next door to here. I we get so many sandwiches and salads from and soups all week long. We just go to this place constantly, and I think I told you they, they've got a breakfast thing there. It's on a ciabatta, which is not my favorite, so I usually get it on like a Dutch crunch. But it's egg, cheese, hash a hash brown patty, a corned beef patty, and then I get a ham added to that. And it's sublime. It's like a, it's like a bowl on a bun.
2: My favorite um, um, garbage breakfast place in Chicago is called Cozy Corner. And they have the skillets menu. Where is it? Mm. The, and they have this one. It's on the Logan Square menu. It's called the Abuela Skillet. Have you read a Skillet, Alex? It's probably got too much stuff for you. It's too much. I've Alex
1: doesn't like portions. Alex
0: doesn't like this stuff. <laughs> Alex likes <laughs> just the toast.
1: I was very excited about That's the like, breadcrumbs.
0: I love breadcrumbs. <laughs> I put that on anything. Put the breadcrumb on spaghetti. What, what is wrong with me? Why am I not doing that? It's such a good idea. I used to go to this place that had something called I think it was called Costa Rican breakfast and i John and I have joked for years about it it's like a garbage it's like a, just like a garbage can full of chili <laughs> it's just like a garbage can lid it's just like like when like when when um uh, when uh when April and her boyfriend are like eating off of frisbees that that's, that's how I feel like it's just everything like, bring all the breakfast things here Boo! dump it in and i'm i'm in hog heaven put some white gravy on that a lot of food a lot of food fits on
2: a chili did you ever find out did you ever have any friends who played frisbee in college and make you drink beer out of a frisbee no that sounds terrible it's a thing so guess how many merlin guess how many how many
0: people had their fingers on that thing
2: well it's alcohol so i mean uh how many uh, uh how many beers would you say how many cans of beer would fit in a frisbee
0: if you had to guess uh, like a uh, ultimate frisbee, like a full regulation size, uh, whatever gram frisbee. Uh, one and a half beers, four beers. Ooh,
2: jeez, four beers to a frisbee. And I think the the deal <sighs> with that is the human mind is really bad at calculating liquid volume.
0: Yeah, it's like a little kid when you show them like a tall container versus a wide container. Right, but
2: it's, but everyone is susceptible to this because people are yes. really bad at calculating volume, accounting for like circumference in a liquid volume.
0: Okay, well put. Yeah, yeah.
2: Abuela skillet. Oh, it's got pineapple, chorizo. Mm. Ooh. Good stuff.
0: No, I want breakfast.
2: All right. Well, I'm just hungry. Should we uh break in food?
0: Yeah, I think we've done it. I've I've I've, I've read a lot about uh stigmata okay. today.
2: <clears throat> Do you ever go to the Wikipedia page for inventors killed by their inventions?
0: No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite okay. Wikipedia
2: list. Wikipedia inventors. Killed by their own inventions. This is a good one.
0: There's a, there there's so many great lists on Wikipedia. Like fictional bears. The list of fictional bears is a delight. Mm-hmm. List of inventors killed by their own inventions. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael Dacre died after testing his flying taxi device. Oh, no. That's a shame. This does not
2: list the uh, CEO of the Segway Corporation who died after he rolled a Segway backwards off a cliff. Stop. Is
1: that a real uh, it, Hasn't that been Debunked What's the It's not snowstorm? the inventor Of
2: the Segway It was just the CEO Of the
1: Oh okay
0: Oh that's terrible Segway owner dies On Segway <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Don't let Call it irony fate Oh opinion. yeah
1: Oh this is a real thing <laughs> NBC, so... <laughs> NBC
2: News From 2010 Segway company owner Rides scooter off cliff
0: <laughs> Imagine like The Wile E. Oh, Coyote dear. Thing. That's not funny That's awful That's not funny That's not a good joke No, no. They're gonna change The way we build roads Yeah Change the way our cities are made. It's a bold stance.
1: This is Top Chef, is not Top Scallops.